The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests, and do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of the Hartford or its affiliates. You're listening to the Small Biz Ahead podcast, brought to you by the Hartford. everybody and welcome to Small Biz Ahead. My name is Gene Marks. This is a special episode that we are doing. I am here with Steve Jones. Steve is the uh, Chief Marketing Officer of Small Commercial here at the Hartford. And we've got some great things that are going to come up. We're going to talk about uh, business owners and small proprietors as well. And we're looking forward to that conversation. So let's take a break first. Uh, We'll hear a word from our sponsor and then we'll be right back. This podcast is brought to you by the Hartford. When the unexpected strikes, the Hartford strikes back. For over 1 million small business customers, check out the Hartford Small Business Insurance at thehartford.com. All right, we're back. And this is Gene. And uh, so, Steve, uh, you know, I've I've introduced you, you know, in our opening that you are the chief marketing officer, the CMO of Small Commercial. Um, First of all, what what exactly does that mean? (laughs) Uh, What does that mean? Now's my chance to define myself. Um, The chief marketing officer means I'm responsible for all the marketing that comes out of uh, my line of business, which is small commercial. Okay. Small commercial. Now, that's got a lot of different definitions. For us, I think it's easy to think about commercial business as really, really big, very, very large businesses. Right. Many years ago, the Hartford formed a small commercial group specifically to take care of those businesses that had really under 100 employees. And the fact of the matter is most of the customers that we deal with are under 10 employees. Hmm. So we're talking very small. And as you know, that actually makes up most of the businesses in America. So we know a thing or two about them. Got it. So commercial itself, when you talk about the, the products, just so I have this right, there's because we, we're actually, my company is a Hartford customer. So we get like, oh, thank a, you. we have professional liability insurance, uh, there's property insurance, there's general liability insurance, correct? So uh, those are the main products. Am I missing anything? Now, and you think about most people start off, they have a need for some kind of liability, a professional liability, which kind of takes care of mistakes that you might make or right. general liability. Workers' compensation um, is probably the biggest uh, product. Right, workers' comp. Got it. Okay, so you mentioned that you you know you you sell to small businesses and so many. I mean, the lion's share of businesses that you sell to are less than ten employees. So first of all, I'm going to knock you out with this fact, okay? Because I just wrote about this recently. There are uh, the the number that people bandy around is that there are 30 million small businesses in this country. That's what the Small Business Administration says. And by the way, they they define a small business as having like 500 employees or less, which to me sounds like a giant business. That's a big business. That's a big business. But okay, they say it's 30 million. But the real, um, when you dig into the numbers, the, the real fact is that around seven to eight million of those businesses are the ones that actually employ people. And the remainder of those um, are are not employing people. Not that they're real businesses, but they, they're just not, but they're proprietorships. They really are. So, you know, that doesn't turn you away as uh, somebody that's involved in business. And you, you must have a lot of experience dealing with proprietorships. We do. And, and I definitely do. I spend a lot of time trying to understand them. And you kind of have to. For those businesses that are larger, there are certain characteristics that are almost universally true. And there's generally somebody who's in charge of certain kinds of decisions. But for the kind of businesses that you're talking about, the kind of businesses that make up the majority of businesses in America, they're all different. Right. One sole proprietor consultant 
is different than the next right. a sole proprietor consultant or maybe not even a legal classification of sole proprietor, but just no employee. Right. No one is the same. There is always something unique about the business. And that actually causes them, those business owners, a little bit of anxiety because you can't cookie cutter me because my business is not cookie cutter. Right. And you have got to really work to understand uh, what makes them tick and what you need to do to, to make them happy. And we're pretty good at it. Uh, but it's one of my great joys is actually doing customer research. We do a lot of it. I sit and listen to customers a lot, do all kinds of research, and it's fascinating. So I have spent a lot of time trying to understand these really, really small businesses. Now, when we, ta- when we talk about proprietors, uh, do, you, um, do you lump in like freelancers among with this? Uh, you know, how, how do you define a proprietor? Yeah, sure. So I think for insurance purposes, and there's no one else in the universe who thinks in insurance purposes, but I'll talk about that. There is a difference between someone who might be a freelancer or a contractor or an independent worker um, and somebody who owns a business. There's a whole system in place that tries to deal with 1099s, um, independent contractors like that. We think of anyone who is a small business owner, including those independent contractors, because frequently if you're a 1099, you have to have your own insurance. Right. Whereas if you're a business owner, you're insuring your business, maybe yourself, and maybe a group of employees. And that's kind of how we think about the difference. Got it. So if you were to meet, like, so... um I, my wife is actually leaving her job. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been like a school teacher for like 20 years. She's starting up her own business, which is going to be like a proprietorship where she's going to provide uh, basically tutoring to individuals. And and um, uh, and she's going to be looking for to get some funding to provide it to lower income individuals as well. But she'll be like a sole proprietor. OK, so she is, you know, true story. She's, she's in the market. She's going to need some type of liability insurance. Because God forbid if she teaches some kid how to read the wrong way, you know what I mean? And my goodness. So she comes to you. You now know that she's a sole proprietor. She's an individual like the other 21 million, 22 million other people like her out there. What are some of the issues that come to your mind about a business like this? Some of the headaches, some of the things that you think they should be? Yeah, you know, you think about outside of what she's got to think of to be successful kind of in her craft. Right. You know, years of teaching have taught her how to do that. That's kind of where her expertise is. Everything else that she's about to encounter, she's fortunate because she's got you, one of America's foremost experts in small businesses. Absolutely. Right. And a fantastic husband and father as right. well. But, right. if, but she's probably not going to listen to you all that much. She's likely not going to. You've met her, right? Is that right? <laughs> No, but I've met mine. <laughs> You've met me. Right, okay. <laughs> um, you know, she has to think about so many things now. And that world of what is my exposure when you're that kind of small business owner, what liabilities might I face? Those kinds of questions are often the last ones. Mm. Nobody wants to spend their time thinking about that. She wants to think about her business itself. Right. And it's why so often, even when you're that small, you wind up recognizing, I've got somebody I talk to about my books. I got someone I talk to about kind of my uh, legal issues. And it's why somebody does go to an insurance agent just to figure out what do I need. More and more these days, people kind of start that journey online. They start to learn about what they need. And, you know, she's going to encounter both kinds of 
liability, mm. both their professional liability, what kinds of things am I offering that if I do wrong will create exposure for me, or a general liability if somebody um, gets hurt. Right. Um, those are going to be her two early concerns, and I assume she's working out of the home. Right. She might have some property, um, business property, a laptop, right. some uh, teaching equipment. That's the kind of stuff she's going to want to get covered and she's going to want to understand it. The good news is as unique as she is, as unique as she is, she can find the right coverage for herself so that she can just kind of do what she wants to do, which is run that company and, and teach kids. And it sounds like it's a good mission too. Like she's really trying to figure out a way to offer it beyond the norm. That's a nice social mission. Too That's great. Her. That's great. Now, let, let, let's thank you for example. I mean, you are you you've been how long have you been here at the Hartford? I've been at the Hartford, which has slightly more than five hundred employees, um, <laughs> for uh, almost twenty years. Okay, so that's a long time. That's a long time. So I'm I'm gonna make the uh, make the assumption that you have met quite a few small business owners and proprietors over the course of your lifetime doing this. What aspects? What what? What is it about some of the business owners that you have met, the successful ones, that um, have struck you as habits that they have that has made them successful? Yeah, so I think all of them, the ones uh, who are most successful, quickly realize that the thing that brought me here, if it's a passion mm. um, or an artisanship kind of thing, is not the thing that ultimately drives all of my success. It's everything that surrounds that business. Mm. The, the ones who are most successful work the hardest at um, communicating. And it's like this one I can't stress enough. And I think especially as we're talking about these smaller small businesses mm. where every small business owner, when you talk to them, will eventually say, I've got a, I wear many hats. Um, I got a lot of plates spinning. I got a lot of balls in the air. All They will all eventually get to that. What they can sometimes lose sight of is basic customer service. Sure. The ones that are the most successful have taken care of everything else about their business so they can focus on getting back to the customer, setting expectations for their customer, following up with their customer. That is the trait that I would say is more than anything else drives the successful from the unsuccessful. And out of all the businesses that you've been dealing with over the years, what mistakes have you seen made where you're like, geez, I, this guy, you know, this, I've seen this happen a hundred times and this is something that should be avoided. Two things. One questionable business model. Yeah. So trying to sell something that there isn't a lot of demand for right. or in a place where there isn't a lot of demand where they may have a passion uh, for it, but have not factored in, does anybody else care? Right. Um, and that could be a service, it could be retail, it could be anything. Um, the second is, and this is a really fine line, so I wanna try and punctuate this correctly, maybe you can help me, is biting off more than you can chew. Right. So there is a very fine line between ambition and wanting to be even more successful and taking on too much. One thing that contributes to that is this idea that I do have to do it all myself and an inability to farm out the things that can be farmed out safely because I cannot trust anybody else. If you find yourself in a position, especially on big things, that you have to do it all and you can't farm out 
even the vacuuming of your office right. at night, you've got to stop and think for a second. If I'm taking on this big thing and I, that is where I need my mind focus, what other things can I get rid of, farm out, have somebody else do so that I really am freed up to do it? Who can I trust? And if you find yourself thinking, I can't trust anybody, that is a time to take a big pause mm. and think about who you can get that you do and why you don't trust anybody. So I'm going to go back to the first point. Both points are great and I have questions on both, but on the first point, um, you talk about business models. So you're, you're, you're like driving a stake in my heart because yeah. I, we just launched um, a website about a year ago where um, on a wing and a prayer and a hunch, I thought that it would ha be a lot more successful and have a lot more subscribers and visitors to this site sure. than what reality is now showing. Mm -hmm. So now we're scrambling and trying to change and fix and whatever. My biggest problem though, Steve, is that um, as a, as a so I don't have the resources that a Hartford has. You know, like I, right. you know, what do I do? Like, how can I do like market testing right. that I think is, is necessary? You know, I mean, what, what do you say if a client asks you those kinds of questions? Yeah, I think it's funny how creative people get. And I mean, I know you and I know um, you've done a lot of successful things and I know you have steps you take. You probably are at the place where sometimes you can go on a gut feel and maybe it burns you every Sometimes time. I think I am. And then, right. And then I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm an idiot. because right. uh, That happens to be six, seven times a day. Yeah. But um, I think the best way to go about these things is it doesn't take too long to do some basic market scans. And if you don't have those skills, you've got to find somebody who does. Right. And I believe in the idea of there's always a way to verify if there's a market or an audience if you just slow down, just take your time a little bit. And if you feel like you don't have the ability to kind of figure out, does this thing have some teeth, pause and find a way. Um, there are a lot of ways um, to examine a market. There are a lot of uh, places out there that can help you to figure out for this idea, for this kind of website, sure. what sort of traffic might we see? There are even some basic Google sure. tools that let you do that kind of stuff. But I would always say, and this is why I said before, it's a fine line. You had an idea and you know you probably will shape the thing eventually to be something for you, or you'll just say, that's it. We gave it a run. We're working on it right now. Right. Right. But you don't want to give up and you don't want to avoid all risk. Right. Do not become paralyzed by the sense that I haven't checked enough to see if there's a market for this. Right. If you can launch small, launch small. And that's how you can do a market test. You should be pushing yourself to see what else can I do? What risks can I take? Um, so you don't want to just stop all right. growth thinking. But I do think sometimes it's okay to just take a quick pause or find a way to say, can I launch in a small market? Can I, before I invest in a full-blown e-retail mm. model, can I try it smaller? And I guess as a CMO of a Fortune 500 company, um, that that's standard operating procedure yeah. for people that are senior marketers, right? They don't jump you know, whole hog into something, they test market stuff, right? Yeah. And like, let's think about that for a second. Like I'm, I'm proud to work for the company that I work for. And I think that we're a forward thinking, innovative company. Um, but we are a 200 year old New England underwriting institute. Yeah. We, the definition of conservative, right? right? Yeah. We have made it this long and, and been able to deliver for our customers for so long because we are careful. It doesn't mean we're slow. We're careful. 
The benefit of working for yourself or working in a smaller model is that, listen, the buck stops with you. Mm. You described something that you pursued. You thought it was a good idea. It hasn't quite worked out. Mm -hmm. You're not blaming somebody. Mm -mm. Me. You're blaming. You're saying, okay, what did I do? But you're going to keep trying. That is a major advantage. The idea to see something and go after it. Whereas, yes, before I launch anything for this company, I'm very careful. And I have a lot of systems that can help me be even more careful about it. And it's to the benefit of our shareholders in the company that I do that. For someone who's operating in a small business, buck stops with them. Two things that I would say. Be careful up front. Take your time. Right. Second, do not be afraid to stop. Stop it completely. Right. Or modify. That is what it's all about. It's what you're describing you're doing with this model. Okay, we're going to try and make this work. If you see right away it's not kind of working, I might have to run that through some people and have some meetings to talk about what is and isn't working, put together a plan to kind of get after it again. You get to meet with yourself yeah, and the folks that you trust around you to do it and come up with a new way a little bit faster than I can. You know, um, the biggest mistake I think I made launching the site was that I did not take... Um, I don't think I was hard enough on myself for, um, you know, when you come up with a great idea and you're like, you don't want to hear otherwise, right? you know, and I think a lot of business owners suffer that because we're sort of half of half as you know, glasses, half full people. Right. So we're like, this is going to be a winner. And it's like, you almost shut your ears and your eyes to anybody that might say, well, have you considered this? So you might think about that. And that would be my two cents to add. And if I were to change one final thing before we, uh, before we wrap things up, we are talking about proprietorships. You mentioned, um, you know, also about sort of the, the things that people do really well. Um, and that's, you know, that they, they, they delegate or they outsource or they, they try not to do everything, you know, themselves, right. You, you, you did mention that. So just, just if, you know, as a final question, um, what, what are some of your advices to a sole proprietor for maximizing their own productivity? I think today more than ever, and this is by the way, the portion of the podcast that we'll call the internet is going to catch on. (laughs) There are so many time saving and productivity apps. A couple of things come to mind. When you're a sole prop or a little bit smaller of a company, you don't have to worry about payroll or HR and those things, but you may have to worry about how you manage your customers. How do they book appointments? Um, How do you remember who they are and how to get back to them? Sure. If I'm a sole prop or I'm a small business, if I'm a consultant or something, I'd still want a customer relationship management system so that I can manage my own time and how to organize myself, who my customers are, what they want, and when I should be getting back to them. Good. And if I've got any kind of appointments necessary, I want an appointment app that's going to help me do that. My customers can make appointments with me right from their phone anytime. Got it. So technology is is key. And finding people that you, if you can afford to, outsource stuff to um, is also key. Steve, this is great. Um, I appreciate that. So if you're a small proprietor, these are some of the thoughts, some advice on, on managing yourself and, and making sure that you're productive. And, um, you know, just remember that you're one of the majority that's out there when it comes to small business owners. So nothing wrong with being on your own and being a proprietor or a freelancer. So um, this has been another episode of the Hartford's uh, Small Biz Ahead. Um, again, Steve, thanks for your time and uh, look forward to talking with you again soon. Thanks a lot, Gene. Appreciate your time. Thanks for joining Elizabeth and Jean for another edition of the Small Biz Ahead podcast. For the latest on small business trends straight from the small business experts, visit the Hartford Small Biz Ahead. We've got articles, how-tos, and videos to help you run your business more efficiently. 
check us out at smallbizahead.com. 